This is a massive landslide photographed in China. One cubic yard of this thick slurry of sand, dirt, and rock weighs a ton and a half. It will easily take out any structure in its path. Could a landslide like this happen here in the Bay Area? There's a clock ticking on these hillsides, and there's a time when they will go whether you do anything to them or not. In the places that I've seen where people have died, in every place I've been, you could tell before you got there that that was a very bad place for a house to be, simply put. When people see damage like this, they usually think the main culprit is an earthquake. But more likely, it was a landslide. And as more and more Bay Area residents build and buy homes in the surrounding hills, they may be unaware they're moving into a major hazard zone. The sense you get is that we have pushed our houses up into landscapes that are analogous to living at the end of a barrel of a gun. We can't tell you which gun's going to go off next. All we can do is see all those barrels out there and see all the houses lined up at the end of the barrels and worry. And um, gambler's luck, who gets hit? Scientists like Professor Bill Dietrich and his team at UC Berkeley, who specialize in earth movement, are hot on the trail of these looming threats. It is like a CSI investigator in that we come upon the crime scene, which is a landslide. And we ask this, the, these questions always. Why did it occur where it occurred? Why did it occur when it occurred? Will it occur again at the same spot? Is there something we can do about it? The Bay Area's geology is constantly shifting. Scientists have mapped tens of thousands of landslides here. Through careful investigation of old slides, they try to understand future trouble spots. In a way, it really is the question of who done it, if you like. There are two usual suspects, large, deep-seated landslides that may only move inches per year, and dangerous, fast-moving, shallow landslides that can strike without warning. They're sitting doing nothing for thousands of years, and then at some point, they go. Um, you, can be you can be standing on ground that you could jump up and down on, and it could literally liquefy under your feet. It's shocking how uh, quickly the land goes from still to rapidly moving. The flows can be moving 10 to 30 feet a second. During extremely wet winters, it's the deadly shallow landslides that give geologists sleepless nights. You have to be very careful about Mother Nature. She delivers different, uh, different bundles in different years. But uh, after New Year's, if we get a couple of days of rain, then I get very uneasy, and I, I fully expect things to happen. A massive debris flow can slide off a hillside and destroy a house in seconds. In 1982, a landslide in the Santa Cruz Mountains killed 10 people. During the El Nino winter of 1998, landslides claimed more lives. Even in seemingly dry years, landslides can turn deadly. The basic ingredients of a debris flow situation, a steep slope, it helps to have concave topography, and a supply of loose soil in the ravine. And then you need a, a rainstorm with a lot of rain in a short time. The water percolates into the soil, and the water builds up, 
and it creates pressure. It, it literally pushes apart particles in the soil. They lose their strength, and down the hill they come. For geologists, it's hard to ignore the warning signs. When they see the pieces of the puzzle coming together, they head to the hills. On January 1st, 2006, I was walking with friends down Mill Valley and noticed that the stream was unusually reddish-brown. So we simply followed the reddish-brown color up tributaries, up tributaries, and arrived here. And if you walk along here, you can see the, the um, uh, redwood trees with mud on this side. Now, if you look this way, you can see where it came from. This, was a, this is what we call a shallow landslide scar, not a landslide, but a scar caused by the slide occurring. And so this came down here at sufficient velocity that it went to 18 feet or so high. And it ran, you can see the spatter marks even higher across the way. See, the, if you can see up there, there's mud ticks way up there. So it's, it rammed high up here and it lost a lot of its energy. If this landslide had been oriented this way, coming this way, it would have been going full bore. It could have taken out some of the trees and anything in this way would have been gone. So what I can tell you now is this. As a geomorphologist, what we learn is that all these canyons, all these steep canyons are created by this process. Be aware that even something as uh, a 30 degree slope on a relatively short hillside is capable of producing incredibly destructive forces in an instant without warning. The challenge as a researcher to say, what can I do that would reduce this risk and give people adequate warning so they could avoid being at risk? Um, and that's the kind of research we're trying to do. California is also subject to another type of landslide. While they may not be deadly, they do cause their share of geological headaches. The deep-seated landslides, you would not necessarily need a severe rainstorm. What we need is rainfall over a long period of time that percolates deep into the soil, into the cracks in the rock, and destabilizes the rock uh, at, a, at a, fair, a fair depth. In the Berkeley Hills, entire neighborhoods are slowly on the move. Some geologists refer to it as surfing in Berkeley. We're standing in a neighborhood on, in the Berkeley Hills, just north of the Cal campus, and we're standing surrounded by houses, and these houses are surrounded by a giant landslide. They're sitting in a sea of moving mud, and they're riding it out, and they're going down slope. The older houses are on old foundation, which caused lots of cracks. The newer houses have been jacked up and put on mats of cement, surfboards of cement that are there riding down the slope in. Geologists are now able to map the progress of these deep-seated slides with pinpoint accuracy by using satellite radar imagery and remote sensing techniques. By comparing images taken over several months, they can see even the slightest movement. You can actually talk about individual house moving. Right. It, it, in fact, it's the houses that make this possible. So it's called radar interferometry. So it's radar imagery. That means it works really well with houses that reflect radar energy to the satellite and that we can track uh, with time. And so we know that, for example, the slide we're standing on yeah. moves downhill at about an inch per year. When this was developed, property lines were drawn and houses were built in the middle of the properties. But they're moving in an inch or two a year and sliding across, and over a long enough time period, the houses have literally moved across the property line. 
And there are areas close to here where the houses are in the center of the property line. There's been some legal action recently. It's an interesting decision. Do you vote for the property lines fixed in space and if the houses move, you've lost your house? Or do you say the property line moves with the house? The, the legal decision recently offered was that the property line moves, which creates interesting problems because you must be compressing down here and expanding up there, creating new property. I don't know. It's, a, it's not an easy decision to make. No matter what we do, it seems that in the end, Mother Nature always has the final word. It's up to us to listen and learn. Things you can do about land signing. So manage your water, remove the bullet, um, put a wall up, are the, the standard things people do. And hope. The job of a geologist is to read the earth and tell people the story that we've read to give them the vision of the landscape or the geology around them that otherwise they can't see because it's a different language. So we see that language and we tell the stories that it tells us to other people.